0: It's the foot-balliest time of the year, with quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and
1: beer, it's the foot-balliest time of the year. That's right, we made it! It's the footballiest time of the year, muzzle-tub to one and all, and welcome to Minus 3. Let's get into all of it, as if the return of football isn't more than enough for us to kibitz about for the next 45 minutes or the next 45 hours. We have Serena news, we have marital discord with Tom Brady. Much to kibitz about here, let's say hello to him here, bring him in and P Hollywood power broker, Boston sports fan, and a dear, dear friend. It's Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella?
0: Oh, my God. Well, listen, you know, we I mean, I don't know. I guess we should probably, you know, next year, this year, this football season, maybe have like a, a tote board where, you know, we go, these are our picks and we we have to stand by w- what we give to our loyal listeners. But like, you know, the big picks, like when I think about You know, my over-unders in the NFL last year, fucking off the charts, free money. And then, you know, I said Warriors in six in the NBA finals, the big headlines, the big, big, big ones. I mean, you've been kind of on fire lately. My Uh, best
1: one was Titans' number one seed in the AFC. People scoffed in the moment. I'm like, it's nothing to do with it. They're the best team. Just that They have the easiest track.
0: Free money, free money. So, like, listen to Shaq. And by the way... You know, we've both pivoted to Colts in that division, Colts in the AFC. Uh, and, and now with, with the Harold landry news, it's like that the, the Colts basically have a buy in that division. So hopefully you got down on all those Colts picks that we were giving out for free. Um, but the, the best pick of all, the pick we gave out on this podcast that nobody else had, You asked me, do you think Tom Brady's really retired? I said, well, he's going to be home for six weeks and we'll find out. That was the pick. The pick was Tom Brady is going to find out if he can face anyone can do six weeks with their family. If they know they're getting out of jail to go to training camp. So we're like, we don't know. He's never He's never tried this. So obviously (laughs) he said, holy shit. I, I mean you couldn't you couldn't get Brady unretires for plus 350. I wish we could have actually given a number on this, given <laughs> how, you know, given his age, midlife crisis. he's right at the bottom of the U curve. Um, it, you know, life is a U curve. We get we're happy as babies, we're happy as old people. In between, right around 45, 46. Well, I don't have to tell you, Shaq, you you fucking plummet and it's misery. So he's so miserable, he'd rather. Be playing football in the heat of Tampa, then
1: uh, I don't want to. I don't want to get uh, wild with it, but I really do wonder about like so. Tom Brady, like any other human being, goes home and he starts to knock around the house for maybe, maybe the first day is kind of relaxing and like, whew, that pressure cooker is now behind me. On to the next phase of my life. But at what point do you suppose? Really, it was that thing. I I tell the story all the time. Because uh, it, it it resonated with me, and it, th- when you hear about these, uh, you know Serena Williams goes out and delights New York City, nay, all of uh, sport, uh, the entire sports world, and improbably advancing through two rounds at the time of this recording. But that thing of the inability, no matter what else happens in your life, you know you're required as a human being if you're talking into a microphone or, or to, a uh, to a friend whose respect you, you wish to earn, if somebody says like, what's the greatest moment of your life? Like, well, obviously it was the birth of my children, but I don't think that's literally true. I think that, you know, I was once playing catch with Michael Irvin, um, down on the field at, at, in uh, the Colt stadium. What's it called? RCA? Is that the RCA? Whatever it is. I'm playing catch with him, And, um, He I throw him one in the corner of the end zone and and he catches it and he turns to the empty stadium and does that move arms uh, arms out like he always would do with seventy five thousand people cheering for him. And I said, what was that? You know, really, what's that like, man? What you know, and he said, well, you know how Michael Irvin is. He's like, no secret. I've had a lot of good times, Sheck, you know, I've had a lot of good times in my life, but there's just nothing like that moment when people cheer for you like that. There's just nothing you can do for that. I guess that's what it comes down to. No offense to Giselle and to the kids. It's just, man, as long as I can still do it, I got to try for it, right? Is that, that must be what it boils down to. Shame the devil, it upsets Giselle that she's like, well, but I have to take care of the kids for another six months now. And he's like, I,
2: I got to do it.
1: I'm willing to risk my marriage for it. It's like a, it's no, like a I mean, heroin it's, or something. It is
0: funny Uh, because you go, okay, well, obviously it throwing a touchdown in the NFL for the 550th time can't possibly still float your boat. And it's like, he's like, um, try making love to your wife for the 8,000th time. Like, he's like, I'd much rather throw touchdown passes than, than roll around with Giselle again.
1: (laughs) this, This is officially worse than Eddie Spaghetti lamenting the fate of poor Notre Dame. Well, even if they beat Ohio State, you know Ohio State's going to get a break, and Notre Dame, on the other hand, has to win all the way out for them to get considered. This—that is, is officially. I'm Eddie Spaghetti raising his hand there. He got some uh, collateral damage there. Eddie Spaghetti, well, you have something to say? It's college football. How do you, how week do you read
2: Tom Brady to what I said about Notre Dame? What I said about Notre Dame is true. You—you <laughs> you can replace maybe Notre Dame with on, any other team. Making your love
1: on Giselle or being a Notre Dame fan. <laughs> really not that bad in the in the grand scheme right
2: but you're missing a point. You could swap another Notre Dame with it. Could have been a number five team, Texas A&M, whoever else you want to put there at, at, at five. It's the same thing. It's that Ohio State's going to get the benefit of the doubt if they lose the game week one and they run the table and they win the Big Ten. They're going to be in fine. That's the point of like they get them Georgia, Clemson, Alabama. They're going to get the pass. The other schools will not get the pass. That was my point about it. That's the problem. I possible. get
1: it. I'm not allowed to. I'm allowed to give you junk. Eddie Spaghetti made the trip to the OC. On Wednesday night to go see his beloved Yanks, but they faltered. They lost to Otani and company. A good debate on extra points about who deserves the MVP in the American League. We'll talk about that. We're going to give you some picks. Hench mentioned Harold Landry's injury 12 sacks a year ago. This is bad for a team that already took a bunch of hits in free agency this offseason, the Tennessee Titans, of course. This leaves them basically Bud Dupree. They were deficient in pass rush going into last year. They tried to address it. They kind of did. And in fact, by the end of the season, that pass rush was legit. Go ask Joe Burrow and beyond about that. I'll tell you what, I'm almost ready to get bold. I was there about three, four days ago. But these things that change before the start of the season, like major injuries to major players on your roster... I'm tempted to go with Trevor Lawrence and the Jags at second place in the AFC South. I really think that's a possibility. I don't think their Bengals level rise in the sophomore year. They're superstar I like team, it. superstar Q me, but I do think the Titans are on a downward trajectory and I think the Jags are on their way up.
0: This is, I'm just envisioning couples counseling in the wake <laughs> in the wake of this Brady Giselle Contre Tomp. Um, okay. So now we're in couples, like everybody, well, all of us are either in couples counseling, have been in couples counseling, will be in couples counseling. And so our or position, divorced. Is, yeah, or divorced. But our position is basically like, honey, honey, um, uh, uh, you know, there's someone out there who's sick of Giselle. So imagine how I feel. <laughs> But then she she can come right back over the top like wait wait are you fucking Tom are you Tom Brady in this equation? You think you're bored? How many Super Bowls <laughs> have I been to? Zero. It's so great that 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 that's the. But in really a way, cool. you're
1: right. Maybe Tom Brady has given all the rest of us uh, a chip that we can play when we need. No, it I, most. listen, and,
0: listen. I'm like, look. I mean, I. <laughs> As, as I always say, not in couples counseling, but like Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., one of the five greatest human beings to ever walk the fucking face of the planet, cheated on his wife. Okay, honey, what standard am I being held to? Am I, oh, uh, higher than MLK? Okay, that's cool. No, I'll pull it off for sure.
1: Well, if you, you hear the more salacious tales of, uh, of John F. Kennedy's, uh, presidency, it, it gets it gets pretty grim if you're one uh, who who wants the sanctity of marriage to rise above everything else. Um, but yeah, but then again, like there, so grade us on a scale. Okay, I'm not Tom Brady. I don't look like him. I don't got his bank account. But I'm not asking for six months away from the family. I can have a long weekend, though, right? I mean, that should be we could we should be able to negotiate that much for mm, sure.
0: Anyway. Um, I mean, I don't know. The problem is like I look when a couple, you know, has has as strife that spills into the guy leaving camp for 11 days or whatever it was like, it's typically, you know, you're not pots and pans are not getting thrown because um, of on week. It's typically because that ennui led to an action. So if, if he's ducking plates in the kitchen, I don't want to make news here, but uh, anyway, hot guy at the bottom of the U-curve, ripped, fucking better, best shape of his life in his mid-40s. I'm just saying. Wouldn't surprise us. Anyway, I did I tell like that you, I that
1: the quote from an insider, an insider said like, hey, Giselle, uh, she runs hot. She's got that Brazilian blood in her. I'm surprised in the twenty-first century that's still allowable in our ever um, more politically correct society. You're just al- allowed to attribute nationality to explain away behavior. <laughs> that um, seems inappropriate.
0: <laughs> um they speak Portuguese, of course, in Brazil, but so right. also in um, in our in our brilliance pre pre, this this unconfirmed <laughs> report, we also were bullish on the
1: Saints to win that division. So- I wasn't, you were, but I think I have to now join you in that direction. Of course. I mean, like, Brady is the all-time chip-on-the-shoulder guy, like, uh, with the possible exception of Michael Jordan. Some shit-talking ham and agar says something to him, at the start of the third quarter because he dropped 11 in the first half against 23, and now Michael Jordan, for the next hour and a half, has to set about tormenting you and, and humiliating you. What? But I think Tom Brady's right there with the underpants thing and six-round pick and no one outside this locker room believes in us. And it's like, well, you shut up about that, Brady. People believe in you. And I think around Lombardi number three or four, people maybe started to buy that uh, that the Patriots were halfway decent. Um Nobody? But I think he's the—
0: Nobody outside of this family and one cocktail waitress at Olympic gardens believed in me.
1: <laughs> the, but, um, oh, seriously, seriously. I, okay. okay. I mean, now like, is this a chip? Is this now the chip? He's like, my wife doesn't want me to do it. I'm going to show her why I did it. Like what, okay, what's the let's, motivation let's it, now? Let's, like, let's, like, let's, uh,
0: let's drag spaghetti out from behind the glass. Uh, right. okay. The line is, did Tom Brady violate his oath to his wife and it's plus one twenty five. What are you doing? What do
2: you mean? Doing? I mean, I, I biblically, <sighs> he's saying.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right.
2: I hate I hate talking about someone's dirty laundry, but I've heard of it from enough sources i'm not trying to out anyone but i I, i'll just say i wouldn't be shocked if he stepped out
0: you'd love that you'd love that line then plus 125 i was spaghetti's like i would do minus 275 but you're gonna give me plus 125 (laughs)
2: plus plus money's too good yeah Yeah.
1: hench is less tethered to um to decency than you are spaghetti so i'll turn this at him if the difference was a Well, he's not on the Patriots anymore, but during the the window when he was the, the central figure, if it was like, I need to have your wife, like Robert Redford. I'm not going to give you a million dollars. I'm going to give you a Lombardi trophy. That's what will please Patriots Nation. What I need is your wife, though, for, for a weekend, me? Or even just the for night me? before the game. Are you willing to for do me? that? Yeah. Well, this is what I would do, because I'm a fan and I'm
0: committed okay. to my team. I would say... Yes, of course, with one caveat, you have to keep her. <laughs> She's a delight. She's literally doing all this fucking <laughs> paperwork on my new car. She's handling my new car so ably while I'm talking shit about her on my podcast. She's not a fan. She'll never listen. So, not only is she not a fan of my work or anything I have to say, but. Our worlds are so separate. There's no one in her world that would go. You're not going to believe what Kevin said about you on the podcast. Like it is complete. Like there is six degrees of Kevin Bacon. There are 500 degrees of separation between anyone she knows and this podcast.
1: <laughs> she, she lays down two and a half feet away from you every night, but she's got a much greater distance than Kevin Bacon has from whatever random celebrity you want yeah. to call out. Interesting. Um, okay. So we'll see what happens with Brady, but legit. The offensive hey, hey, line. Just to round
0: it off, because it is it, any, any opportunity to tell this story, it is it is just an all-timer. Uh I I, I, I don't know if I have to say allegedly. Just once at the beginning of the whole story, but this was the story. Um, Troy O'Leary, outfielder for the Red Sox, had an epic, legendary game in Cleveland in the playoffs. Um, he, you know, very serviceable player. Uh, he mysteriously went on the disabled list one year, and then the story, kind of like uh, spaghetti sources on on Brady. Like the story that wasn't published but kind of everybody knew was uh, Troy O'Leary's wife looked at his phone or, you know, it was like, who, who 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 is this? Who is this? And he panicked and and said, all the guys do it when we're on the road. All the guys do it. Like, <laughs> like she's going to go, oh, oh, that's cool. That's cool. I, I didn't realize – that uh nomar garcia parra did it that then it's fine then that's totally fine <laughs> it so he panicked so then she goes okay then i'm gonna call every wife on the team and tell them did you know your oh, no, yeah. you that's this the opposite the That this is the story this is allegedly what happened uh so and of course there had to be one faithful christian on the team who's like what I'm actually faithful. I don't leave the hotel and and I'm getting this. So anyway, the story was basically we got to put Troy on the disabled list or he'll be killed in the locker room. Like like he's the disabled list as witness protection program. So anyway, it's maybe it's (laughs) apocryphal. Maybe it's not true, but it's a story worth telling when you're wondering, hey, superstar alpha athlete. I wonder if he stepped out.
1: Boy, oh, yeah. Well, listen, that's uh, that can of worms is one that will leave very few people clean at the end of that. It, it is uh, the mutually assured destruction thing of end uh, of reservoir dogs, guns pointed at everybody. Everybody winds up dead if you start shooting those guns. But, but uh, well, to your point, I, or okay, so I'm looking it up while you're uh, while you're dealing. Yes, Lindsey Graham has not cheated on his part. <laughs> I promise um, you. If, if you like my noise about the Colts who are a certainty, more than, it's funny because once again, like the Titans a year ago, I'm not claiming the Colts are the best team in the conference, but I again say I wish I could bet margin between first and, and second place. I wonder if there's anywhere you can get action like that. Because the Colts should blow away the rest of the AFC South, but if you like the Jags to jump them, you can bet exact finishing order for the top two teams in the division: Colts one, Jags two. You get that at plus seven hundred. That's pretty interesting because you know the Colts are going to get it, so now you're just wagering, I guess, on Trevor Lawrence's rise. And I'm looking for that Saints. Um, That's an incredible exact-
0: number. That's an incredible number because you know you one and four feel pretty set. So then you're basically getting plus 700 on the order of 2-3. Right, that's, exactly. That's an incredible return. Wow.
1: And um, what, you know, Saints plus 300 to win the South is pretty juicy. The Bucks still are minus 270. You know, the faith in Brady, obviously <laughs> we've discussed it, is, uh, r- remains I mean, 45 middle of training camp, took two weeks off, is, as I said to Sal and Marty Weiss on Extra Points um, on Thursday, um, it feels to me like this guy who... You can feel him as much as he's saying it to to into the microphone or to teammates or when he runs and it's like let's go and he does all that stuff in front of the Bucks or Patriots fan. He's trying to talk himself into stuff and he and he has to apply that chip on his shoulder. It feels to me like he's giving himself the wiggle room to sort of like shrug and be like, oh, well, good run. When he's out there doing like, hey, I'm forty five, man, I got a lot of shit going on. Like, I, I he's made he's already provided the excuse for any failure. Fair or no? Well, I, a bunch of thoughts going through my head. Like, First of all, yes. So when, when
0: Affleck is accepting his Oscar and decides that would be a good time to let everyone know, hey, marriages are hard. A lot of work in a marriage. Hey, buddy, what's going on? They, well, I don't know why you're talking about this. What the fuck are you talking about? Marriages are hard. Argo was awesome. I love Argo. Why are you talking about your shitty marriage? So at that moment, <laughs> we're like, oh, so um, is this so? That marriage is gonna if it's so rocky, he feels like he has to talk about it now. So uh, I don't. I haven't been following the news. Are they still together? I, like it's like like obviously it's like, hey, heads up, everybody, this thing's over.
1: So. Brady. Speaking of the Oscars, I always wondered, like, what are we now, six months removed from Will Smith uh, and, and Chris Rock? That, to me, was a red flag that is another good one to gamble on if you're going to gamble on people's personal lives. I didn't know if that was an indication of the strength of Will and Jada or if it was a show to offset the, the daily unpleasantry that they have behind their closed doors. But that's I mean- six months in, they're still together, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, I, I would see it as like, you know, maybe nothing bonds like crazy. Like if you're both, you know, like, you know, literally crazy glue, like who's going (laughs) to, who's going to take, who wants, you know, who's going to take the other one. Um, anyway, so, so to the back to the football of it. Yeah. Um, divorce is all, I don't have to tell you is all encompassing. It fucking it fills out your life. So again, wish nothing but the best for America's sweethearts. But you—you you might remember this. Mike Torres. I'll get to your guy, but Mike Torres had an uh, uh, after he gives up the home run to Dent. Uh, so so he's he goes sixteen and thirteen with a three point nine six ERA in nineteen seventy eight when the Red Sox blow the lead. It's pretty, it's, you know, pretty mediocre, just, you know, that, you know, whatever, number three starter, Um, but then he falls apart. The ERA goes to like 5.21, and then, and then it was reported that year he was going through a divorce. Even his fucking wife was like, how do you give up a home run to this fucking guy? (laughs) Anyway, to Bucky Dent! So, (laughs) so, but I remember vaguely, because I, 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 I probably wrote a term paper on this, that Bradshaw, when the JoJo Starbucks thing fell apart, I believe he had a bad season. And so this would be – talk about a deep dive for gamblers. Wow, talk about inside information. And this maybe is not inside information if it's in the New York Post. If, there, if you can get marital strife for an athlete, oh, my God,
1: get on that fast. I'll tell you, this is a fascinating thing you touch on because around the turn of the millennium, there was a shift, and I can't remember where, with whom it really started, but when you started to treat professional athletes or big-time athletes like any other celebrity, which is to say on the front pages of uh, Us Weekly, People, and, and more salacious publications than that, I, you know, there's a practical need as a gambler to know those things, because I yeah I can cite a couple of those as well. It's like, why did he play so terribly? Like, oh, you didn't hear his wife. He found out his wife was cheating on him with a teammate. Like, oh, well that explains that. That would have been good to know though before I put before I put a fair amount of loot on that on his team. That that has existed. I know <laughs> a couple of times. i've the rumors I've heard.
0: It's funny you mentioned Jordan because in our in our uh, PhD dissertation on this subject. Jordan will be the outlier. It's like no effect on his productivity. Hey man, uh, fucking Jordan's wife is whipping shit at him every night when he comes through the door. He's, he's still killing motherfuckers. Like no, no effect. No effect.
1: He takes the shards of that, that plate. He puts those on his shoulder. He'll teach you a lesson. Um, speaking of Jordan and Brady, one thing with, uh, Serena, are you following that you're a tennis advocate, right?
0: Um, Well, it's funny, you know, you know, as we as we become dads and get busy with life, you know, things fall aside. I will say that because the men's game has remained so largely unchanged, you can kind of keep up with, you know, even though even though it's finally, finally maybe winding down. But like, I mean, you know, I send you those sports quizzes, the, the, the hockey Hall of Fame quizzes. And, you know, I'll do a women's tennis quiz and I'll be like. Jesus Christ, I can't I don't I can't spell any of the names, you know, the Eastern Europeans, and I don't know any of them uh, except, of course, for Serena Williams. Now, I it's it's not great in terms of the narrative that Fowler and Johnny Mac and Chris Everett are pretending exists, but there's been a lot of money to make to fade Serena since she had a kid. Basically hmm. all the money, all the money you will, you will win. You've, you've won every major if you've bet against her since she had the kid. So now I know we're early in the tournament, but I'm watching and I'm like, she's an underdog, which, you know, is interesting. But then I'm like, it's three, two in the first, I, I know we're not allowed to say it, but she's huffing and puffing she's fucking huffing and puffing. And it's like, um, they're like, she's moving great. And I'm like, really? This doesn't seem like a ton of court coverage. And they're like, so much better than three days ago. It's like, I don't know if you can get in shape in three days. But anyway, so I'm, I'm torn because I'm rooting for the story. Uh, very funny, by the way, everyone making the Jimmy Connors 1991 comparison because of how loud it was, which is great. Great television, exciting. And then and then Charles Pierce, who I love, he, he, tweet, he has to point out that, you know, Aaron Krikstein and Mark Filippouss were unranked as Connors was moving through. Like, he's like, this, she's beating the number two seed. These are not really apples to apples. And then he had to tweet again. He goes, he goes wow, I didn't, I didn't realize I would upset so many fans of lifelong dick Jimmy Connors. So I'm I'm watching Serena and rooting for her as I do and loving the crowd and feeling kind of bad. It's one thing when, you know, you're the Warriors going into Boston or you're, you know, Steelers going into Cleveland and you've got all your teammates there going like we can fucking do this together. But when you're in an individual sport and every person in the arena is rooting loudly for the other team, you look over and you see your coaches cheering for Serena. everybody's everybody's rooting for Serena that that clearly can wear you down and I think it did so I'm rooting for Serena but I'm also you know in in contact with our fearless leader Sal because I was like if Serena wins the first set this line is going to change dramatically and that's where the betting opportunity comes like Wait for Serena to win the first set huffing and puffing. Then you jump on the other side. And that's where that's where all the money's been made in all these these tournaments that she's lost. So I'm I'm in contact with our fearless leader, Sal. What's the line? What's the line? But then I have to go to my eight year old's open house at Carpenter. So I'm out of pocket. I'm getting tech. And then, you know, I get home in time. Actually, I never get any bets down, but I get home in time to see her finish her off. And I'm like, whoo, I would have lost money. I definitely would have done the move, which is, you know, bet against the 40 year old mom up one set love and and you'll you'll cash out. But uh, so not having bet on her bet against her and rooting for her, I was I was able to just enjoy it.
1: Well, wait a second. So. I think this is, you You and Sal, between you, don't have a whisk of fan morality. You bet against your own team, your rooting interests all the time, which is a disgrace. But in this case, to your point, this is individual v. individual. And Serena, we have known for a long time. I don't know anything about Tom Tomjanovic. But is this the equivalent of going to the craps table and betting don't pass against everybody else who's gathered around it to bet Ajia Tomjanovich at plus 136 to win that match? Serena now uh, minus 164 to survive the third round. What are we supposed to do here? Are we required morally or otherwise to bet Serena? Um, well, you know, I don't give a shit about the morality of gambling. No, I know, it, and it's wrong. But, but it Makes
0: you um, hollow. I would I would wait like like uh, Red 5 I would wait to to make that bet uh a little deeper because I think there there is a cumulative effect on Serena in terms of the endurance and the stamina and you know they were talking about she's playing doubles and doubles isn't particularly hard not but it's like <laughs> she shouldn't be
1: doing anything this I agree playing- I agree shouldn't she have modified her I I assume it's still with Venus, right? That's the only. Yeah, it's with Venus, though. yeah. So I guess um, that's nice an and everything. But at some point, that's a tough conversation. Talk about what goes on at home. Tom and Giselle, I don't think Venus and Serena actually live together, but you get my point. Like, hey, sis, we both had great professional runs, but, like, I, I'm still relevant. And so let's skip the doubles. I'm going to have to withdraw
0: i've made the final four in both brackets i'm gonna have to withdraw from the doubles because this one i actually give a shit about. sorry v um well, but, let me uh, ask you, you let me ask you this because uh, you know this this fucking mount Pius that you stand up on and i you you nah, know i don't so stand saying-
1: up on it i i i i i i can't stand the people that use it to ascend and look down on okay, me i'm so, a human so, being
0: so- so you're not, you're not going to take Jamar Chase in any of your fantasy leagues? Like, this idea that you don't gamble against your team is bullshit. Like, fantasy football has forced us all to grapple with the reality that we are betting against our team unless we stock them with stiffs in the case of our two teams. Like, hey, hey, I got Damian Harris in the first round. Great, you're going to finish last. You know, so, you know, I, of course, you're if you have Jamar Chase – you are not rooting against him to score two touchdowns against the Steelers. If you say you are, you're lying because every Sunday we go through this. We people like us, degenerates like us, go through the same thing, right? We have our team, Patriots, Steelers. Okay, then we have our fantasy teams, the uh, multiples, and then we have the games we actually wagered on. So these are three completely distinct compartments, the idea that you pretend that yours don't bleed into each other is a fallacy.
1: Well, guess what? My pushback to that is, well, listen, we're all grownups doing fantasy, so that's sad, period. But this particular grownup, go back through my lineups, point out all the Ravens, Browns, and Bengals you see. That's right. I do it. I intentionally, I tie my hand by, behind my back as someone raised on uh, on the banks of the Three Rivers. Very rarely will you find anybody from outside the Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC North on on one of the Cool Cats rosters. So, I mean, you know, that's my answer. I don't don't get Jamar Chase, so there. Okay, well,
0: because obviously the Cool Cats have a distinguished history of winning titles, but maybe easier when Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell are on the Steelers and they're not – Get, you know, the Steelers aren't getting trampled by Jamar Chase and Nick Chubb.
1: Touche. Right. I mean, I think they're going to,
0: I don't think you're getting voted out. My, my dog pound agrees with me calling out your hypocrisy, uh, but there they are. But um, I don't think you're getting voted out. So we'll have a chance to see you. Why do you, you say
1: that? By the time, to- by the time we next speak a week from today, it'll be the holy day, the kickoff of the NFL, but really it's Sunday. It's not, I, I, I don't, Sorry to be a curmudgeon. I don't love the Thursday. Why do we need the special Thursday night? I like the Sunday anyway. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I'm going to watch it. uh, Rest assured. Well,
0: I I was actually, we had a little, uh, we had a a thread going on our league and it occurred to me, I was going to ask our league historian, Sal, but I mean, I think everybody's a little wary of getting into even email exchanges at this point of the toxic (laughs) leakage of our league. (laughs) But, uh, I wanted to ask Sal, because I think I I think I think know the answer to this question. Has anyone ever been voted out of our league, come back, won the league, and not voted out the guy who voted him out? No mm-hmm. way, right?
1: No, I mean, that was my first order of business, but I announced it. You know, it's always that weird paradox of Belichick. He's playing 4D chess, but then he tells you, in advance, like, oh, I believe you got to take away the best option on the other team's offense. It's pretty straightforward what he does, but it somehow baffles um, everybody else. I, I, at least, Sal didn't like me kicking him out, but I announced it when he came up with this cockamamie thing of kicking, the, the reigning champ gets to kick out someone of his choosing at the draft the following year. I always said, you're the one who came up with this. You should suffer the consequences of it. And so I kicked him out at the first opportunity, and then he was mad about it. Like, who was I supposed to kick out? You're the one who did this to all of us. Taste it. You know, I don't feel bad about that.
0: So I believe famously, right, Don Draper came from work shooting an episode of Mad Men, hustling to get to happy endings, appropriately named for his season, uh, so that Blood could
1: kick him out. Bald headed blunt, yes. Announced so, at the time could have really wouldn't be uh wouldn't have been wild if he would have been on People Magazine. Sexiest man alive. He was the guy, Don Draper, the biggest show, all that sort of stuff. And he shows up to get kicked out of a fantasy football league by Elliot Blunt. It was the highlight it, of, of It
0: the doesn't fantasy feel league. like there's a ton of drama. I mean, I know I I'm, you know, because you kicked me out last year, I don't have to sweat it out. I know everyone else. Worries. Well, what if the person makes it a, a a roulette wheel? You know, what if they make it a, a a game of chance? You know, you could conceivably get get voted out. But I think if you know if I if I know Hammy, I think he's you know he's he's going for uh for for Pete. You know, he's so, going. So that's he's going- fun.
1: Spaghetti as an outsider looking in. You haven't met face to face some of these characters, but do you have a read on it? Keep in mind. See, I go against Hench. His consigliere, Ham and uh, um, uh, Duvall, both both handsome devils, the consigliere to Ham is Tall John, and he's a mixer, and he's going to try and steer Ham. They both will agree that whatever's funniest is what should be done. Blood isn't the funniest result. I feel like kicking Sal out, there's some charm in that because he's done it, but Simmons always begs out, like, I want to be out, thank you for kicking, I don't care about this league. So there's some some satisfaction, and then they know that I'll I'll be cross about it. And so maybe that's funny. So I feel like, you know, maybe that's narcissism or vanity or whatever on my part. I You know, I hope you're right. I hope my head's not on the chopping block. But Eddie Spaghetti, why don't you take a guess? Can you if, lay odds on this on some level, well, maybe one or two? I mean,
2: what I would do, like, I wouldn't care about what's, like, funniest. I would just care about, I would just, you know, whoever in your league is, like, the sharpest drafter, like, you know, getting good value you drafting around the guy's adp like no one that makes dumb reaches like guys that are consistently just fielding really good teams like strong middle round drafting i want that guy out of the league so fast because it makes my draft easier now the guy who's like in the league and taking quarterback first and he's taking like you know tight ends way too early like sure let that guy like leave him simmons. in the league
1: that's simmons and uh the guy who's always like that's why i don't kick out the infamous Randy, because his team is almost always in last place. So why would I get rid of him? Exactly. I want him in the league. Uh, to your point, do you have a up from uh, Sal I Hench, think, Me, who's going? I think check
0: in. You know, if we're being honest about why you don't vote out Randy, it's it's nice to say because he's always in last place. But also, you don't want to get stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Let's true. let's be honest. So, May, what just you, me, so your well, guess is
1: blunt. I'm going to guess. I don't want to guess me. Cause that's, you know, like I say, that's vain on my part. I'm going to guess the sports guy. That's who I, that's a, that I, I'm going to guess. Well, I will say
0: go. there, there has been a, a, uh, you know, some, some zillionaire on zillionaire violence in our league. Like they've talked, they have talked some shit to each other at drafts. Um, but while spaghetti was handicapping our league, which by the way, must be so fucking interesting to listen to on this podcast. Oh, my God. Hey, guys, they're talking about, about the their again. they're talking about their fantasy league again. Uh, <laughs> but what occurs to me when, when Spaghetti was handicapping, uh, who gets because if if tall John is the consigliere who is consigliere, who is advocating for the funniest thing, the funniest thing would be for <laughs> him to turn around and vote him out.
1: Hey, hey buddy, I I,
0: I, I, uh, I listened Ooh. to what you said. I listened to what you said. This is pretty funny. <laughs> Remember how you advised me? This is pretty funny. Well, <laughs> the other thing uh, uh, about the Jennys, like uh, their their team tends to be very good. That you know that maybe not the titles, of the championships that the Cats have uh, total championships, but always in the mix. Those guys always have a good team. So that would serve both purposes. Hilarious. And uh, but I can't. I shouldn't weigh in on that because you know um, oh, I'm,
1: we're I'm, hours away from it. Also, minutes away at the time of this recording from Pitt. West Virginia, the backyard brawl. I know what happened in Ireland a few days ago, but this starts college football because we are awash in student-athletes playing on Thursday night. I mean, I didn't realize. There are like, uh, if I count it correctly, like 1,700-some games going on between 7 p.m. Eastern and, and midnight, and then games on Friday, the Indiana Hoosiers kick their season off, then some juicy games, including Eddie Spaghetti's. So let's give you some picks on those before we get out of here. Before we do, real quick though, gotta squeeze in a quick break here. Just to finish up on Serena, to go back there. I think this would be great, and I and I mean it sincerely. Um I'm I'm getting, I'm being real with you, PGA. And as we talk about the live tour, uh, in and week out and but also for tennis, your point about people not cheer, only cheering for one person. That's, that's poor etiquette, but we have accepted before we lived that like, well, golf, you have to be quiet when they're swinging their club. How about one tournament? where they do that, that would make that stand out so much. If you really want to break out in, in these competing golf leagues, or you want to make a splash in a tennis tournament, be like, Hey, we encourage our fans to just cheer as loud as they can, whenever they feel like it. That How, about would be this?
0: Something to watch. How about this? A golf tournament where, when the guy's in his backswing, you can scream as if you're being dismembered by a bone saw. What, <laughs> what tournament, this would be great. It's a great idea. Hey, I'm just going to let out a blood curdle <laughs> and scream. While you rich fucking motherfuckers are taking your blood money, I'm just going to scream <laughs> like I'm being sawed up by a fucking evil dictator.
1: <laughs> like that. Yes, that's you know, what like I, mean. that. I like yes, that. That's Yes, thank good idea. you.
0: If only we could think of a tournament where this would work. Oh my God. Uh, by the way, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you were mentioning Belichick, and I, I think Belichick, I mean, of course, he gets so much latitude as he's earned. You know nobody wants to go. Maybe this guy's a dumb dumb now, or he's senile, or what? But like that reporter, that intrepid reporter who who phrased the question so brilliantly, because it was like it was like how do you account for not having any of your draft picks on the roster? Like it was like how do you how do you explain the fact that you suck at drafting players? Like it was amazing. So then so then famously Belichick sits silent for 13 seconds. He doesn't, he doesn't say anything. And I was like, it was like they asked him, what was he doing with the documents in the first place? Like, it was like, like he, there was no, he could not come up with an answer to why do you whiff over and over and over on drafts? And what we're learning is, uh, is Tom Brady spackled over a lot of whiffs for a long time, by the way, best of luck in your marriage, Tom. You know, you know what I'm rooting for, heart of hearts. Um, you know, and so now, and now as the as the pieces of Belichick's empire go to Vegas, go to Tampa, just you know, uh, hey, Bill, who's going to call the plays? I don't know, one of these guys over here. I don't even know which is which. I don't know. Like it's like I, what? It's so insane. By the way, and this leads to a pick. You know, I'm on the Patriots under eight and a half. Yeah, I I can see that Jets draft is going to be historic. That is a great draft. We always yeah. get swept by the Dolphins, even when they're firing their coach. And the both games against the Bills are going to be just like that playoff game. I know you had to cut cut your punter. Not that it matters against the Patriots because you never punt against the Patriots. So one in five in the division. That that seems like the most likely outcome. And then I and I could see five and twelve so easily for this roster that is bereft. I mean, I'll tell you who'll be in the playoffs. You know who's gonna be in the playoffs? Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson are both going to be in the playoffs in Indy and and L.A. They're going to be in the playoffs. But you can't just keep rolling out undrafted free agents and 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 so-so draft picks. And and I really do think the house of cards is wobbling and that there's money to be made betting against the guy who didn't know who he was texting.
1: Well, it is really. They do rise and fall kind of um, inversely, right? I don't know if I'm using that correctly. but yeah, the uh, Brady's leaving the Patriots and then immediately winning in the Super Bowl, obviously dense Belichick's legacy as he scuffles along with Cam Newton in that first year apart from each other. But okay, we can let that one go, COVID, all that weird stuff. But last year, then it felt like Belichick is bouncing back, and we would feel very differently about the Brady-Belichick head-to-head if, I mean, they just about beat, imagine in that moment, they the, the Patriots almost beat the Buccaneers, who at that point were presented like they are a juggernaut, and he almost beat them. Did They ever get right after that? In fact, the Bucs did they ever really get back to their best ball after that trip to Foxborough? Either way, yeah, this is a big year because I could see Brady falling, but again, to your point, like this is borderline senile behavior, right? Well, From Belichick, like Matt Patricia, always- wait, the defensive coordinator who left and fell on his face in Detroit, and then you bring him back, and it feels like Ah, you always have a home here, cause uh, cause I'm running a charity for for my failures uh, out and about. But is gonna be the offensive coordinator. If this doesn't work, I, I'll tell you, Marty Weiss agrees with you. He is betting the Patriots have the worst record in the league because it's super juiced up. But I, I mean, I just don't see that ever happening. I just can't well, imagine Bel- Belichick putting out that big a stinker. It's funny
0: you mentioned that Bucks game because uh, I would add to it the Cowboys game that the Patriots lost in overtime So you look at the Patriots going 10 and seven with a rookie QB and you go they should have beaten the bucks and they should have beaten the Cowboys they were they were two decisions away from being 12 and five right mm-hmm. who made those decisions the senile coach made those decisions like he he coached those games so poorly so conservatively which is nuts to me because by the way I know he's a contrarian. I know that's, that's all he wants to be is a contrarian. Right. That's exactly
1: what I think. Like, oh, Matt Patricia's a bad coach. I'll show you. And he's not even going to coach the defense this time. That's how but smart he, I am at picking guys. So this is the <laughs> guy that
0: invented analytics. He goes, uh, fourth and two on your own 28 against Peyton Manning. You should go for it. You should go for it. Like, people are like, you're insane. Now, fourth and half a yard at the other 45 got a punt. Got to pin him deep. Like, what are you doing? Why are you sending the punter out there? It's like, yeah, because everybody's doing it now. Everybody's doing it the way I did it. You know, it's like, hmm. I, I don't know. I don't have any faith in the way this guy has replenished the coaching staff or the roster. But other than the coaches and the players, I think they're in good shape.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I may make an 11th hour switch to the Dolphins, as a matter of fact. I just I, I, there are some interesting things about that team. You really have to it's the ultimately though, you're betting on the unknown um brand new head coach is, is he capable of filling the shoes of the man in the room? It's, I talk about it all the time endlessly. So I'm not going to deep dive here. In fact, you can go listen to the conversation with Tyler Dunn from earlier in the week, some great pro football talk in advance, Josh Allen and beyond and, and, uh, and, and the bills and all that. Um, but that funny, I got another odd kind of paradox. Like Herm Edwards as a coordinator, I can't imagine what he was like as a coordinator, X and O and at the board. But like the way he would blow into the ring, like he felt like he was in charge of things. Like, what's going on in here, man? Like, remember now, we play to win the game now. Let's let go. And we got to get away And like Dan Campbell, like, I don't care if you got an ass cheek and toes, but you got to kick out. Of like, people are like, I love that, man. Like, Jeff Schwartz is of the world. Go to, Twitter like players love that I guarantee I'm like but he doesn't say anything it's just a bunch of pap somehow being the head man allows you to be foreman like you don't have to attach yourself to any specifics because McDaniel is good at X and O and doesn't mean that he commands the locker room on game day and is making great in-game decisions or maybe it does but I I, all that said I can see the Dolphins getting past him because boy if you just look at the what's on the page, to your point about the Patriots, like there's no reason to expect success. But then again, you might've said that in 2013 or any other random team but, from this know, century exactly. with the Patriots. The roster wasn't we, good. It had a few players on it.
0: We, you know, we obviously quarterback is, is the most important position in all of sports. And so we we overweigh it, but probably appropriately. Um, you know, so there are, so two so goes before Herbert, and that will forever be the the comparison, you know. So there are throws that Justin Herbert can make that Mahomes can make that other guys can't. But most of the throws a quarterback has to make, all the quarterbacks can make. They can all. I make agree them.
1: with this point. That's exactly you know, right. So now
0: the question is: Are are Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill separating? Are they getting into the window? of the throw that that Tua can definitely make. I know Spaghetti's high on waddle. I, you know, when you're like, "Oh Christ, someone's getting man-to-man coverage. Who's, you know, who's going to I I don't like Tua is he's not terrible. Like he's you know, he's not the guy we saw introduced to us with that first throw maybe um post post injuries, but like he's he's going to have a decent year and those guys are going to be open when you compare it to like Aguilar and Devonte Parker and Jacoby Myers, you're like, oh, you, you definitely like the chances of Tyreek and Waddle getting open on the skinny post more than our guys. So that's really what football comes down to is like, hey, were your guys getting open? Yeah. And did you hit him? Yeah, it's a, it's a 12-yard throw. No problem.
1: Well, and I could get get hip on the Jets, too, based on what you said about their roster. Joe Douglas has done a gangbusters job. But, like, I went through with Spaghetti at the back end of the earlier show this week. The thing that'll cool your heels real quick on the Jets is go through their schedule. How is that a fourth-place schedule? I mean, really tick through it week by week. I can't – I mean, I couldn't. I tried to – I thought – ah, Zach Wilson, he'll get back sooner rather than later. And, you know, the future is a little brighter for him. And, and uh, the roster is nice and everything go through the schedule. I can't find four wins. Spaghetti disagrees. He says over, but man, it it is brutal for, uh, well, I know they're going to, I
0: know they're going to have two breathers. Foxborough (laughs) home at home
1: man oh man you're the worst boston fans sounds right boston fans are the worst all right let's round it out here with some big game picks on saturday notre dame fighting irish ohio state buckeyes buckeyes lay 17 and a half fifth rated team <laughs> getting uh two two and a half touchdowns there basically how say you on that one edge total on that is 59 and a half if my eyes are working
0: uh, I don't. I don't think it's enough wood. I'll lay the points.
1: I'm going Notre Dame, and I told Spaghetti this and Sal already. But um, the, I think it matters at some programs more, and there's you can kind of lean on, and mostly it's nonsense. But I think there's something about being on Notre Dame and putting on that gold helmet and something. And there'll be, you know, regionally speaking, there will be some Notre Dame fans there because of the short drive and all that. And I think there's something about when you put on the fighting Irish thing and like, it's the dawn of a new era, Marcus Freeman and all of that. I think they show up and play. I don't think, I don't think they win the game outright, but 17 and a half is too heavy for me. I'm taking Notre Dame. Eddie Spaghetti, like we said at the top of the show says, even if they win, he doesn't like Notre Dame doing Gangbusters in in 2022. Am I am I representing that right spaghetti? Well,
2: I'm also seeing 17 now on some books so some money oh, okay. is coming in Notre Dame, which makes it a little bit more enticing because obviously you get you know if it gets down to 16 and a half and you get the two touchdowns and a field goal um you know sal's thought on this game is that he thinks Notre Dame's going to get a garbage time touchdown late to kind of cover um but again I'm just really afraid of how explosive the Buckeyes offense is it's really just as good as Alabama's uh the best receiver in the nation arguably the best quarterback in the nation. You could even throw their running back and be, be in the top three to four running backs in the nation as well. Um, but the strength of Notre Dame's team is their defense. They have really great guys, all-American level guys on every level of the defense. And Marcus Freeman is a defensive coordinator. So I do think the defense will be good, but it is a huge test. And I'm just unsure if the offense can stay in the field long enough to give the defense a rest because uh, very, very little depth of wide receiver. Obviously, yes, they have Michael Mayer, one of the two best tight ends in the entire country. Um, Chris Tyree, explosive running back. But Tyler Buckner, really uh, a very young quarterback, a sophomore, coming in there to, to play, um, it's going to be tough. So I just don't know if they can score enough points. So I, as a, if it keeps dropping, if it gets to sixteen and a half. I may go the Irish. But right now, um, first game of the season, I, I just don't know if they're going to be up for this one. I wish it was later in the year. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Buckeyes on this one.
1: All right. I, I think also there is the wild card, again, as I point to constantly – College football has no preseason. So you're really, it's a mystery. If, you, if, if a team that you know is pretty talented, like the Oregon Ducks, is a, for instance, and it's a new coach, well, how could you rightly predict exactly what they're going to do and how they're going to deploy those parts? Can't really lean on the tape from last year because this is a, a, a different regime. That leads me to say, I'm taking the Ducks, again, road team, plus 16 and a half. I like them down in Georgia between the hedges. How say you, hedge? Wow! Um, and by the way, half of George's in the NFL too. The, the one yeah, that won the title I, I, uh, six months I, ago.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. I think because they because the Ducks can score, uh, you know, it, it might it might play out the same way Sal's predicting the other the the, the Buckeyes Irish game to play out, which is um, yeah, George is covering, but you know, how how hard are you going on that last possession when you're up twenty? Uh, so that seems like a lot a lot of points for a team that
1: can score. So I'll take the points in that one. And Spaghetti, did I hear you right? You took Georgia?
2: I didn't pick this game yet. I, oh, I would. Um, this game' it's, it's interesting because uh, this is Bo Nix's fourth time playing Georgia. Obviously you know Auburn now in a different color uniform, whatever color Oregon decides to wear. Um, yeah, you know, Georgia did lose a lot of guys to the NFL, but they have a lot more guys on the roster who will be in the nfl um i, I still think their defense is going to be great 17 and a half right now what i'm looking at in some places hmm. uh I, I think oregon could actually get within that i think oregon will be in the top three teams of the pac 12 i think georgia isn't as good as they were last year so i think i think oregon will cover this game
1: all right and uh Quick uh, game of life before we bid you farewell to go and enjoy your football weekend and probably sprinkling in some tennis and uh, some baseball and whatever the hell else you want. I'm squarely focused on football at this point. Um, Game of life, Mikhail Gorbachev passes away. Now, of course, he's one of the most influential human beings of the last century, but he also went bald at a fairly early age. I looked up, I was thinking about, you know, he has that giant... Um, you know, landmass-sized uh, uh, mole on his head, famously, of course. Um, and when he went by, see, I, I found a picture. Of him. When he was a young man, he was here suit. He, you know, he, he had a nice mane going. And then it went away. And, of course, I, I don't have a receding hairline, but... Um, I, you know, I got the flesh yarmulke in the back, but I'm okay up front. But it, when you start to go, like, it must be, you know, an existential nightmare. Like, oh, my God, I'm dying. Oh, my God. And then that's dark enough, but then all of a sudden you have this dark mass on your head. Like, can you imagine, do you think, did he do it? If he had it to do over again, Hench, do you think he knew it was there before the hair went? Or do you think he laments not going to pay? How say you on this?
0: First of all, I want to say, I, I genuinely can't believe he died of old age and, and didn't fall out of a hospital window or off a balcony <laughs> that was like everybody- my first thought. Like, who yeah, has long-time a long-time illness, really? Hey, Vladimir Putin, I have a slightly different view on how we should do this. Okay, we're going to need you to go up to the sixth floor uh, to take this <laughs> test. Really, really uh, can you bring the ultrasound down to the first floor? I really feel more comfortable taking this test on the first floor. So obviously Gorbachev has a different worldview than Vladimir Putin in terms of perestroika and glasnost. So, and by the way, we just assume he died of old age. Maybe Putin was like,
1: I, that fucking guy, he's on my list. He always been on my list. But- While you're helping that guy uh, plunge to his death out of the window, you know, he, old uh, Mikhail might be head. in the ICU. Yeah. Make a detour there, real there's
0: quick. There's a guy in 6A, put a pillow over his head. So <laughs> Two explain. for one
1: action for you, hit man.
0: Well, by the way, it is crazy. You know, it's like you look at this fucking uh, unholy triangle of Mohammed Bonesaw Man, Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin. It's like these three fucking horrible, horrible, immoral human beings who all see the world exactly the same way. Like, yes, no one should have rights except for me. Uh, The law is for others, not for me. And would Donald Trump Push Merrick Garland off a balcony? Of fucking course he would. He'd do, he would like, of course he would. Like this guy cares only about himself, doesn't care about America. Vladimir Putin, like that. I'm Putin must be bummed that he couldn't come to the golf tournament because that's really what was missing. <laughs> fucking is Putin and his murderous rage being a, a, in Bed, bedminster. Um. So, but to get to Gorbachev, who, by the way, talk about the long game. How do you come up through the Communist Party and like fucking you know <laughs> you shaking the hands, saluting? Okay, yep, no, no, no. It's yep, uh, Uncle Joe Stalin, yep, yep, Nikita Khrushchev for sure. Then you get in charge and go, I'm pulling the plug on this whole Soviet Union thing. Like, how did this fucking bait and switch? How do you become? Well, it's kind of like what Trump Trump tried to do with democracy. Oh, I never thought
1: about that in a way. The guy charged. with the mole was a mole for democracy was a mole for democracy.
0: So, but his, so he must start seeing it right. As his hair, as the receding starts. And he must be like, okay, well it's fucking awful, but hopefully that's all there is. Hopefully it's just, it's just the 16th (laughs) of an inch. (laughs) It's just, look, I mean, I can probably put a little concealer on it. No problem. Oh God. It's still. Oh, Jesus is, Christ. How <laughs> far How big is this fucking thing going to be? You know, uh, early on, uh, uh, sir, I, sir, I, I, think your, your wife spilled a glass of wine on your head. Oh no, no, that, <laughs> that, that, that's just there. Uh, but seriously, you know, when you watch Chernobyl, which was incredible, um, you know, that fucking sclerotic, calcified, corrupt, shitty system for somebody to go like, Hey guys, um, might we suck? Might this be, might we be doing this all wrong? And, uh, and so it's ironic, you know, when we say goodbye to a true hero of Liberty, that Putin is actually at war with one of the Republics that Gore be liberated. Like it's, it's gotta be confusing to Russians. Like, are we allowed to politely clap or like, you know, you know, obviously Putin thinks that's where all the troubles began. Um, so, so I I don't know what Gorby's personal crisis was with that fucking awful birthmark, but which the the, the mark of liberty.
1: <laughs> hey, spaghetti! You gotta say there. You you have been a part of other podcasts. You're probably the biggest podcast listener. Of the of the three of us, there's no podcast that covers the range of subjects that we just covered in an hour. You got to give us credit for that, right?
2: I mean the the, the Tom Brady's off uh, field, <laughs> then you have the U.S. Open, then we're picking SEC football games. And we're talking about Miguel Gorbachev and his hair, and I mean it's it is it is quite rangy. Um, it. it's it's perfect. This is not people expected just purely NFL and college football picks. You're getting world politics, you're getting tennis, you're getting the good stuff.
0: Our brand is all. off-brand. Our brand is off-brand. You don't know what our okay. brand is. Yeah. Yeah, you what's can- this?
1: You know what it is, Hench? This show, as a famous pitch one, went, once went about 25 years ago, that show was about nothing. This show is about everything. All right, we'll, uh, we'll cut it off there because going forward... This weekend, at least, I'm all about football. You will be, too. Bet along with us. Fade us however you choose. Drop us a line at minus3pod on social media if you so desire. Listen to all the great shows on the Extra Points Network. We'll be back on the other side of the Labor Day weekend to break it all down for you. And then we'll really be minutes away from the NFL. Can't wait for that. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.